Before we get going, I think it's only appropriate that we woo. Y'all good with that? All right, so let's just welcome everybody with a woo. So on the count of three, one, two, three. All right. Hey, that was a good one. That was a good one. But uh, now I'm excited to be worshiping with y'all this morning. Uh, this is family reunion. You know, that's, that's exactly what, like, we are the children of God, and we get to come together to worship our King. Uh, so as always, it's an awesome thing to be worshiping with you this morning. Um, so if you have your Bibles, if you want to go ahead and flip to where we're going to be today, we're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and so I titled today, Light and Life, because it's taught, uh, in the beginning of John, it starts out with who Jesus is, right? And so the way I came to this uh, for this morning was in Coastline, uh, the Young Adult Bible Study that goes on every Thursday at Sundial. We are about to finish up Proverbs. We are in chapter 30 this week, um, but I got to looking back on uh, how long we've been in Proverbs, and we are going on two years. So <laughs> we're about to wrap up a two-year-long Bible study in Proverbs, and we're about to move on to uh, John. And so just what God has been speaking to me through, uh, just studying John has been amazing. Um, and the first thing, whenever you start a study, the one thing I like to do is to go through and figure out who the author is, like what the context of it was, and what the purpose of it is. Uh, it's just like just how I study. Um, but whenever you go and look at John, the one thing that just rings true throughout the entire uh, gospel is that, first of all, it is a gospel. It is an eyewitness testimony, Right? And the second thing is, as you read through it, there is a purpose for the book. Uh, and actually, in chapter 20, uh, verses 30 through 31, so I know I said we're going to be in 1, 1 through 5, but I'm going to read 30, uh, 20, verses 30 and 31 real quick. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these, in other words, the gospel of John, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So there is one thing I really want to point out first and foremost today, okay? Because uh, you're going to hear this word a lot, but life. Life is central to the book of John. He talks about it so many times. It's actually mentioned 47 times, that specific word. Um, and so as you read through it, just having that in mind, uh, you get to understand more of the focus of the book, right? So... Three points real quick. The purpose of the purpose of the gospel of John is to one, remind you of Jesus' works and identity, two, to help your unbelief, and three, to bolster your faith. Right? So in all the gospels, we learn more about who Jesus is, what he did, who he was, who he claimed to be. Uh, and so that that right there just bolsters your faith, especially if you're a Jew and you come from a Jewish background to see that Jesus is who all the prophecies pointed to, right? From beginning all the way to the time of Jesus' birth, he fulfilled every prophecy that was ever given of him. And then you get to see all of his works, all the miracles that he performed point directly to that. And then uh, the second thing is to help your unbelief, it uh, it points out the areas and reassures us, right? Whenever we don't believe or whenever we have questions about our faith, we can go through 
read scripture and know, and know. That is one thing that is so uncommon in like the physical world around us is to be able to be certain about something, right? The world comes up with a bunch of theories and those theories are turned into quote unquote facts, but one thing is for certain and that's that scripture is true and that Jesus is who he says he is. So in that way, it helps our unbelief. And not only that, but the third thing is it bolsters our faith. As you read scripture, you get a better sense of who Jesus is and how you can actually live him, live like him as you go through your life. And that's, our, that's just our walk, right? So the purpose of John is to remind you of Jesus' works and identity, to help your unbelief, and to bolster your faith, right? And so there's a, a, a theologian that I love to read, and he actually says that John's gospel is an aid to your personal faith, right? So it's something that as you read, it only builds further and further. It's an aid to help you grow in your faith, right? Because we're, to, we're told to work it out with fear and trembling. We grow in our faith. We can't be uh, complacent, apathetic in our faith, right? We have to continually grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So with those in mind, it's kind of like the basis for the book of John to know that it reminds us of Jesus' works and identity to help your unbelief and to bolster your faith. That's the groundwork, okay? So let's go ahead and read John 1, 1 through 5. Y'all ready? Y'all still tracking with me? All right. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through him and apart from him. Not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life. And that's one that you can underline, highlight, however you make a note. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. So, my question is, if the purpose of John is to help you believe, what do you believe? Right here in the beginning, John is trying to point this out to make you believe something, right? What do you think it is? He's giving you an introduction into who Jesus is, right? He's letting you know, like, hey... I'm going to start this gospel, this eyewitness testimony, with one of the most important things about Jesus. One of the one things that you absolutely need to know. And that's that uh, it's giving you his identity. It says, in the beginning was the word. So it's telling you right there from the get-go that Jesus was from eternity past. He was not created. He's always been with God. And in fact, he is God. And then it says... uh, as if we weren't paying attention in verse 1, he, he follows up verse 2 with, he was with God in the beginning. So it's just telling you, like, it, it kind of refocuses everything and kind of quotes from Genesis 1. Because how does Genesis 1, 1 start? In the beginning, right? And so it, it refocuses you into understanding that Jesus is God. It's the number one thing that you need to know right? So what do you believe? Do you believe that? 
Y'all believe that? That Jesus is God? And Jesus was from eternity past, not created. He is God. And he has existed with God in the, in the Trinity always. There is no beginning. So y'all believe that, right? You can answer. <laughs> yeah, that is what we believe as Christians. But what does belief cause you to do? Because guess what? Even James says that the demons believe because they know. But what action does it drive you to? Because if you believe something, you're actually going to live it out, right? If you don't live it out, then we can say we believe, but we truly don't. Right? So, what do you believe? Uh, so in verses 1 through 3, it is, it is talking about the um, identity of Jesus, how he fulfilled Old Testament prophecies, how he is God, and it lays out the most important thing. But in verses 4 and 5, it kind of explains a contention. Y'all know what a contention is, right? It means like there is a battle going on right here. Because it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Whoops. Um, so there's automatically two opposing sides, light and darkness. This is one of the first things that John is pointing out, remember? It's in the first five verses of his gospel, of his eyewitness account. Understanding that Jesus is who he says he is. He is God. He is from eternity past. But also, too, that he is light. And that light shines in the darkness. In other words, there is going to be opposition in this life. Right? So, again, what do you believe about that? Because I tell you, it's really cool that the end of verse 5 says, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Nor does it overcome it, nor will it ever overcome it. And what's really neat is that word overcome actually means that it can't even comprehend what's going on, what's going to happen, what has happened. It will never be able to understand, the darkness won't, it'll never be able to understand that it has lost. That there is inevitable victory that will never be able to be overcome. Right? So, Again, like these, these verses kind of lay the, the basis for the entire gospel. What do you believe? So let me ask you, uh, in your belief, what is important? I'd hope that the entire, that all of Scripture is important to you. And it is. But what is important? What's important about these verses? What's important about what you believe? What is important enough for people to see in you whenever you start explaining the gospel? Uh, there is one thing that I, I'm kind of like Bobby. He, he said he dabbled in psychology a little bit too, and he was like, eh, that's not for me. I was kind of the same way. I like psychology. I like, to, uh, I like all the sciences, right? There is one thing that I learned in psychology, and it's called the primacy and recency effect. Does anybody know what that is? Just out of curiosity. No, okay, do you know? Okay, so it's saying that 
The whole idea is that people remember the first thing you said and the last thing you said. Right? And those are usually the ones that stick out. And usually they're also the most important. Right? That's why, like, whenever you're writing a paper, you start with an introduction and end with a conclusion. Because people typically forget the in-between. Right? And also, too, like, whenever we are uh, trying to recall something, uh, even that, you know, Bobby might have said on a Sunday or whenever you're talking with your spouse, you'll remember either the first thing or the last thing that they said. And sometimes we tune out in the middle. Right? Am I the only one? Okay. Just making sure, because if I'm the only one, then I need counseling. <laughs> But yeah, like we remember the first things and the last things, right? We try to make good impressions whenever we go on first dates, right? Okay, just as a quick poll. Do y'all remember your first date? Okay, let's not go there then. (laughs) All right, but if you were to go on a first date again, you would try to make a good first impression, right? You go and open the door to the car and then walk hand in hand and go open the door to the restaurant or to the movie theater or wherever you were at. And then you watch the movie, you eat dinner. Yeah, it's stuff that can be forgotten, right? But then, but then you try and in the night well, right? Open the car door or walk them home. Who here, <laughs> who here uh, kissed their date goodnight on the first date? Did anybody do that? Bobby! <laughs> See, and you remember it, right? Okay. <laughs> I was curious. I was like, I don't know how many people are going to raise their hand, but we're just going to throw it out there. But yeah, like I even asked Kelsey um, this week, it's like, do you remember our first date? And it hasn't even been that long ago. And like, I remember the first part and the last part. Like we met at Chewy's uh, in Jacksonville and we went to have dinner and we met at the front door, but it started pouring rain. Uh, and so whenever we were getting ready to leave, uh, I actually drove up, picked her up at the front door and we parked by her car and just talked for hours. Um, those are the two things that I remember is the first part and the last part, right? Is because they are important. And so the thing is, like, John starts off his prologue, his, his gospel, with the prologue of who Jesus is. So the most important thing to know about John is that he wants you to know exactly who Jesus is. Do we live that way? Because I would say that we believe that Jesus is the most important thing about us, but typically that's not the first thing that we tell people when we're introducing ourselves. Right? I know I'm guilty of that. I don't say, hey, I'm Kyle. Um, Jesus is awesome. I don't typically do that. And you know, we we say it's for the sake of, well, I don't want to come off really strong or really weird, but if that is what's important in our life, then that's what we need to make sure people know about us, right? Second thing that John says is really important, is, well, it's still 
the first thing, but anyway. <laughs> the next thing that John says is really important is that we need to understand that not only Jesus is who he says he is, but he is the giver of life, okay? And so just to kind of break down the idea of life, a lot of people, especially whenever we study John 10, 10, uh, which says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundant. A lot of times it's misconstrued as um, riches and fame and glory. It's not. It's not. It's something that we get confused often, right? Because we expect, oh, well, Jesus came to give life, and so that means an easy life, a life with no problems. And I don't understand what's going on, but I don't know. I must not have that yet. Has anybody ever thought that? So let me tell you, like, I thought it was really neat. I did a word study on the word life. And in Greek, there's actually three words for life. We only have the one. But in Greek, they had three words for life. They were bios, which is like physical life. You're given that at birth. You have physical life. Or at conception, you have physical life. Then you have suche, suche. I need to drink some water so I can get the, the sound. But suche, it means soul life. That means your thoughts and emotions, right? You also get that at the beginning of your life. But then there's another word called zoe. It's spelled Z-O-E, zoe. And that is eternal and spiritual life. And the only time that it's ever used is in the context of understanding who Jesus is and at the point of salvation. Right? You get two for free, just, just being born. But the third one comes with a price. And Jesus paid it. So, again, like the word life is mentioned 47 times in the book of John. It's, like, it's mentioned elsewhere, too. Um, I mean, I know that word zoe is in more than just the book of John. But we've got to understand that that zoe, that spiritual life, that eternal life that only comes from Jesus is also one of the most important things that John is writing about. He wants you to understand that it is everywhere in the gospel. He wants you to understand that it is the most important thing. And you, ha- you need to believe in it. And you need to make people aware of it. Right? So Jesus is life. He also says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right? There's that word zoe again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He gives eternal life. He gives spiritual life. And he gives it abundantly. Right? So he's life. He's light, because that's the next part, is uh, in him was was life, and that life was the light of men. What does that mean to y'all? Does it actually, like, give you vitality to know that Jesus is your life and he gives it freely? Because that's something that's supposed to make us, like, excited. Are y'all excited about that? I hear a little excitement. (laughs) And I know it's still early, or for me at least, it's still early. But 
Seriously, like, that is something that we can get excited about. Because, like I said, we get the first two for free. We don't have to work hard for that. Nor do we have to work hard for the third one, but we have to seek it out as we're sought out. Right? It's something that we get to come to Jesus every day and say, Lord, just restore me. Like, just take my sin away. We get to ask forgiveness every day. And I love... uh, Y'all know Neil? Y'all know Neil? He's in the booth back yonder. Anyway, he's got a tattoo on his arm that says doulos, which means slave. We get to come to God every morning and say, Lord, I just surrender all to you. I want you to take control. I want to have the life that you want me to have, that you desire for me to have. And I, I want to have it abundantly because guess what? You give it freely. Right? So, with all these things in mind, like just asking what do you believe, what is important to you, what comes out, what do you actually live, what do you want people to know? If you were to write your gospel, your testimony about what Jesus has done in you and through you, how would you start it out? It's not bad to start with your history, but I think there's an even more important aspect, and that's understanding who Jesus is, right? So again, like, how would you start your gospel? Would you talk about the life that you have, like that he is the giver of life? Would you start out with, God rescued me? How would you start it? Because again, you are going to tell people about the most important things in your life. And we believe and we know that Jesus is the most important thing in our life. So, how do we like actually live all this out? Because I know we've kind of gone from here to here and how, how do you actually live out knowing that Jesus is your life? How do you go about telling people because one thing I've noticed is a lot of Christians wear frowns throughout the week. Man, we should be the most joyful people in the world, right? Because we have that life and life abundant. Like I said, like that's something to be excited about. And there were some little rumbles <laughs> through the congregation. But like, are y'all excited about what Jesus has done for you? Uh, Hey, that was better. (laughs) Don't forget it. That's why John starts off with it. You remember the first things and the last things, right? That's why he starts off with it. He wants you to get excited about what's going to happen in the rest of the book. Because he he tells about all the signs and wonders that Jesus did. He actually gives seven of them. Seven healings, seven miracles, right? And I would say that Jesus being able to save every single one of us and call us to himself, that is a miracle in and of itself, right? So we are walking miracles, every single one of us. Every single one of us. Now again, do you believe that? 
Is it important to you? So what comes out? So, if you are one of those Christians that just, like, it's not been an exciting journey. (laughs) Or you're in kind of like, you know, you're on the, you're in the valley right now. You're not on the mountaintop, but you're in the valley, right? What do you do? How do you fix it? There's a, um, one of my favorite stories uh, that I love to read is actually in Mark 9. It's where a father is asking for his son to be healed. And Jesus says, well, if you believe. And the father says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Y'all ever find yourself in that situation where you want to believe so, so much, but sometimes you just have a hard time? Or you want to be walking with the Lord so closely, but you're like, Lord, I'm just, I'm just tired. Has anybody ever just been tired? It happens. It does. And it's not something to be ashamed about. Because wrestling with unbelief just strengthens our faith, right? And even James 1 says that. But we have to not be apathetic or complacent in our walk with Christ. We have to continually ask him, like, Lord, strengthen, strengthen my faith. Help me to believe what I need to believe. Help me to, whenever I read scripture, spirit just like, just uh, enlighten me. Help me to understand the mysteries of you, God. We actually get to ask. Because I know me, like, I ask for a lot of things for other people, right? Whenever I'm praying, I ask for the Lord to just bless this person, bless that person, heal this person, heal that person. And that's an awesome thing. Intercessory prayer is an awesome thing. But we can also ask for God to heal and strengthen our faith. We can ask him to help our unbelief. We get the opportunity to ask the creator and savior to come in and just liven us again, right? If he gives it abundant, all you have to do is ask sometimes. So, again, what do you believe? What's important to you? And what ultimately comes out? John starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Tell people who Jesus is. If it's important to you and you believe it, tell people. Because that's our number one task as Christians, right? As little Christs, is to go and share the good news. Tell them that, you know, all things were created through him. So everything that you see, yes, there's been awesome craftsmanship to to sculpt this room that we're in. But it came from somewhere, right? He created all things, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Our God gives so much. And in him was life, eternal life, spiritual life. And that life was the light of men. 
the darkness that surrounds us has no chance. Jesus has won it. We have ultimate victory. These are things that we need to believe. These are things that we have to understand are important. These are things that have to be told to the people around us. The world around us is looking for hope and actual life. Not the two that are given freely before we're even born. But the one that can only come from one source. And that's from Jesus himself. So what comes out? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. You are awesome. You are so awesome. Thank you for being the giver of life. God, that, that Zoe life. Being the only source of that life. God, I just pray that um, as we continue to read your word, that we understand that there are things that are important to you. God, that means that they should be important to us. So God, help us to focus in on those things. Help us to know what we need to share with those around us. Help us to stay in constant step with you. God, that's what you desire from us. You want us to go and share uh, with everyone the good news of the gospel. So help us not to focus on the things that we shouldn't focus on. Help us to focus on uh, the things that are important to you. And God, where there is unbelief, where there is um, mundane, where there is sometimes even boring, God, I pray that you would just come in and liven it. God, where there is no vitality, just give life to it and help us to walk closer to you each and every day. God, we thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being such an awesome God, creator, savior, and friend. Lord, I pray that as we leave here today, that we can tell somebody about Jesus. Thank you for everything that you do, and it's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.